Right. Well, first of all, well, warm welcome to the Zoom service today. Uh, whether you're here online or listening on the YouTube link or even watching it later on. Uh, our service day is going to be run by uh, Colin Burrows, and it's going to be on the theme of the heart and will of God. Um, if you haven't got a newsletter, it's either on the w- w- church website or will be shortly. Three notices. Uh, first of all, uh, about fair trade. Uh, Felicity and Maggie are happy to tell you that they are able to supply you with fair trade Christmas cards, advent calendars and gifts. The link for the websites are on the newsletter or please contact Felicity or Maggie if you find that easier. Uh, If we can send an order in on behalf of the church, we won't have to pay postage and your orders will be delivered to you. Uh, Please, can you get any orders to them by Monday the 9th of November? so that they can ensure that we get them in plenty of time. Second notice is that there'll be a church meeting at 8 o'clock on Thursday the 19th of November. It'll be hosted on Zoom using the same login as we're using now. Uh, Lastly, today is a communion service, so you'll need your bread and wine or equivalents uh, ready for that when the time comes. Now, as normal, everybody will be muted, uh, except when they're actually taking part in the service. So please stay muted, except for the grace at the end of the service. Also, at the end of the service, there will be the breakout rooms as normal for the prayers, for those who wish to stay for prayers. Uh, That's all I have. So I'll now hand over to Colin to take over. Thanks, Colin. It's great to have you so many, Collins. (laughs) Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the service this morning. We are going to talk this morning about the characteristics of God and how we should have them. We're going to start, though, with a call to worship. The call to worship comes from the psalm that's in the readings for this week, which is Psalm 34, and it's verses 1 to 3. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always, always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Let's just pray together. Father God, we thank you that we can meet this morning. We thank you, Lord, that in these difficult times, you are always with us. You tell us of your love for us. You show your love for us in so many ways. And through the weeks and the months ahead, we're going to need you more than ever. Father, we just pray, Lord, that we put our trust completely in you. We pray, Lord, that you're always there. We know that you are. We ask you, Lord, to bless our service this morning and the time that we talk and share with each other. And speak to us clear words that we may hear and understand. And bless this time, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to start with a song, and the song that we're going to start with is called Forever, which is Give Thanks to the Lord Our God and King. And I've told you before about this song, and I've spent two or three days this week trying to get the deep, the video player or the videotape and tape it so that could, we could watch all the, the youth group dancing on the stage with Graham Kendrick maybe 20 years ago. Sadly, I haven't worked out how to do that, 
So, Tim, somebody, Colin, if you could point me in the direction of how I can do it, then maybe if I'm preaching it ever again, we could watch that again. But we're going to start singing, Give Thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. Today's aerobic session done. <laughs> it was absolutely brilliant watching so many people doing the dance while they sat on the chairs. It's awesome. And it is really such a great song to start our worship with because God's love is forever. And he will be with us through all the difficult times ahead. And there will be some. So just remember that God's love is there forever. Mike's going to lead us now with the Lord's Prayer. Let's uh, pray together with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.
Right, I think the time is now for the time has come for the birthdays. Let me just see if I can get you on gallery view. Right, so who have we got as a birthday? Janet? Yes? Anybody else? No? David? I think David is going to play the, the keyboard for us. No, no, I've, I've got a musician to play instead. <laughs> oh, you've got a musician. All oh, right, okay. So, uh, if it's just Janet, nobody else that I can see, let me just have a look at that view. No. no. I'm glad if I'm getting a musical accompaniment. Oh. <laughs> Especially for you. Right, are we ready? Should I do it? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Janet. Happy birthday Right, just just, uh, just before we uh, go on, I've got some photos of a wedding that you might like just to see. Just one moment while I get those up. There we go. I thought you might just like to see those. Right, uh, Colin, back over to you, I think, to announce the readings. Brilliant news, that, isn't it? And it's great to see such pictures of happiness and joy in times of such stress and pressure. Um, The next thing we're going to have is our Bible readings. So uh, I believe they're they're for Sue and Brian. Uh, I think Sue might have our first reading. Matthew 5, verses 1 to 12, Introduction to the Sermon on the Mount. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. The Beatitudes. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The second and third readings uh, are as follows. Uh, 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, 
that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him and he us as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. The second reading is Revelation chapter 7 verses 9 to 17. The great multitude in white robes. After this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing round the throne and round the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honour and power and strength be to our God for ever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat, scorching heat. For the lamb at the centre of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Amen. Thanks, Sue. Thanks, Brian. No apologies for the long readings. We've come this morning to listen to God and there's no better way of starting it than listening to God's word. So no apologies for the length of the readings there. They are clearly his message to us. Can we just pray together? Father, I just pray that you bless the words that are said now. Let them be your words, not mine. Let them bring glory to you. Let us understand them, Lord, and see how we can apply them in our lives. And let us know, Lord, that this time is your time and you are blessing it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Before I start, just in case you haven't realised, there are some songs on the uh, YouTube list. Um, there's a couple of songs or quite a few songs in there that are quite interesting. There's one called The Red Letters by DC Talk, which is 22 years old. I didn't realise that until I saw how old it was, the how old I am. But it's a great song and it's all to do with the red letters in the New Testament, which are Jesus' words. And then the other song that I would recommend you listening to is the one by Mercy Me which relates a lot to the the last reading and what it's going to be like when we're in heaven and we're with him. I can only imagine. 
So let's go on to our message today. Our message concentrates on the first reading. The Sermon on the Mount covers almost three whole chapters of the Bible. Matthew 5, 6 and 7. In my Bible, I have Jesus's words printed in red. And it looks to me like the longest non-stop quote from Jesus in the whole New Testament. God led Matthew to preserve Christ's Sermon on the Mount to teach us the essence of Christian life. It characterises citizens of his kingdom. Citizens need to meet expectations of behaviour which go beyond anything we can imagine on our own, but are laid down by God through his son, Jesus. It shows us how we should strive to be. He expects disciples to set these standards as daily life. He describes the God of the kingdom. He tells what the kingdom is like. He gives the requirements for entering the kingdom. Jesus's teachings reveal God's purpose for his people in light of Jesus's coming. His teachings are the moral standard by which Christians measure themselves. This all begins in earnest with our reading today, Matthew 5, 1 to 12. The passage is known as the Beatitudes. I believe the term Beatitudes is derived from the Latin word, Elaine will no doubt correct me if I'm wrong, for blessing, Beatus. Most scholarly definitions of this word include references to divine joy and happiness. Blessing is God's favour extended to an individual, resulting in positive emotion or reward. The Beatitudes refer to both the present and future blessings of the kingdom. They show the heart and will of God. Pope John Paul II spoke to a group of teens in March 2000 about the difference between Christianity and modern culture. Modern culture says, blessed are the proud. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Culture says, blessed are the pitiless. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful. Culture says, blessed are the devious. Jesus said, blessed are the pure, pure in heart. Culture says, blessed are those who fight. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Culture says, blessed are the prosecutors. Jesus said, blessed are the persecuted. The Pope was right on target. Jesus' teaching still applies in the 21st century. The truth Jesus proclaimed is special because it possesses divine authority and wisdom. We need to embrace Jesus' teachings and let it change our very hearts and minds. So let's quickly look at the verses. Let's start with verse three. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The first blessing mentioned is for those who can recognize their state, where they are in life. Jesus is referring to our spiritual condition, not our physical one. As you can see, it isn't related to wealth or resources. Poverty resulting from lack of resources is not a virtue. 
any more than being rich can secure entrance into God's kingdom. Poverty in spirit is recognizing your insufficiency to earn God's blessing. The Bible clearly teaches that all have sinned and fall short of God's holy standard. We are sinful, but we are special. Poor in spirit, spirit is realizing that everything inside us pales in comparison with God's greatness. We are nothing compared to God's greatness. We are poor compared to God's richness. We are told that the kingdom of heaven belongs to such people. Those who realize that they are nothing and God is everything. Those who are willing to let God in and let him fill their life. They will receive the kingdom of heaven. Verse four. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Always threw me a little this one. As I immediately assumed it was something to do with mourning someone who had passed away. But this is not just referring to that. Mourning is defined as a grief expressed over the loss of something meaningful to you. Upon gaining a proper understanding of your sinful condition, you must repent of sin. Stop doing the things that are against God's law. Turn away from doing things that in the past may have been commonplace for you to do, even if you like doing them. That sometimes will make you feel sad because of it. To mourn what you used to want to do. It's not enough to know your sinful condition. You must demonstrate repentance. Suffering and the results of living in a sinful world are a reality for those who follow God's ways. Mourning comes to those who truly follow Christ because the ways of this world are not the ways of God. As a result, the change in life can be hard for those who follow Jesus. But Jesus said, those who are mourning will be comforted. Verse five, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. I struggled a little bit with this too. You'll find that I tend to look at Wikipedia and dictionaries quite a lot. I had the wrong understanding of the word meek. I always associated it with timid. But it doesn't mean that here. Meek means looking after the needs of others. It refers to being humble. A true characteristic of being a Christian. Humility refers to thinking of oneself less. It doesn't mean in thinking less of yourself. But thinking of yourself less. Humility puts the needs of others ahead of your own needs. Jesus said that even though someone who is humble may go without a lot of things in life, they will in fact one day inherit the earth. Looking at these three verses alone, we can clearly see that Jesus is teaching us the way of God is completely different than the way of the world. The listeners at the time of Jesus would have witnessed the power of strength of religious rulers as well as the Roman government. They would know that this is not the normal way to acquire prosperity and blessings. It's no different now. Business tycoons, politicians, celebrities and even some church leaders want you to know how powerful they are, how intelligent they are, how loud they can be, how talented they are so that they can gain more power, more privilege and more prestige. This is not 
the way for the person pursuing the kingdom of God. Jesus says, true blessing comes from lowliness, from service, from having the heart and will of God and not broadcasting your good deals from the rooftop, but giving the glory to him. Verse six, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. According to the Internet, righteousness is one of the chief attributes of God as portrayed in the Hebrew Hebrew Put my teeth back in Hebrew Bible. Its chief meaning concerns ethical conduct. A mark of the spirit within us is a hunger to live out the will of God. If we really want to follow him, he will give us strength, ability, encouragement and put us in opportunities where we can glorify his name. Without God's energizing, sustaining and closeness, our fulfillment in life grows weak. But by feeding on his presence and guidance, our lives grow and mature. The quest to know God is never completed this side of heaven. Paul said in Philippians 3 verses 12 to 14. Not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which for Christ Jesus takes hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Jesus made a glorious promise to those who approach God with a hungry soul. They will not be disappointed, for they shall be filled. For any righteousness we proclaim will not be our own, but because of God's grace working through us to him should go the praise and the glory. Verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. There's a really good reason to be merciful. God will show you mercy. I looked merciful up in a dictionary this time, as I wasn't completely sure what it meant. So in the Collins Dictionary, please trust me, that's a serious dictionary. The Collins Dictionary. It would have to be that one. If you describe God or a person in a position of authority as merciful, you mean that they show kindness and forgiveness to people. To be merciful means to not be looking to get even all the time, but rather to overlook offences and wrongs done to you. To forgive. The transformation into Christ likeness continues as you extend forgiveness to those who have wronged you. Forgiveness is a key characteristic of being Christ like. It was and is a key teaching. Certainly the most poignant words uttered by Jesus on the cross were Father, forgive them. To be like Christ, we must learn to forgive. When you have been mistreated, you have two options. Get mad or give mercy. Because of Christ's forgiveness, you possess the capacity to forgive others. Are you merciful? If so, God will show you mercy. Verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. We know from the scriptures that none of us are inherently pure and righteous on our own. So then, how are we to be pure in heart? Purity is the result of cleansing 
to sinful person, that is all of us, being pure at the very core of our being is an awesome task. We can only be pure in heart by surrendering our hearts to Jesus and having our hearts made new. When we truly surrender our hearts to him and seek to live purely through him, then, and only then, we will be able to see God. Verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And you'll have to excuse my accent here. Peacemakers shall be called sons of God. There's a big deal to be called sons of God. At the time Jesus gave this sermon, only sons would be considered hers. Hers? You know the word I mean. Jesus is saying that any one of us who are true peacemakers will be hers of God. Now that is a statement. I can see some of you smiling. It is the absence and I apologise. Are you seeking to make peace? We can make peace by being a calming influence, by bringing about resolution when possible, encouraging others to be people of peace. But we can be peacemakers in the most magnificent way by pointing people to the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. Seek to show the peace of God and take people to the true peacemaker and you will receive the inheritance of God. Righteousness, mercy, purity and peace are characteristics that God possesses and they are characteristics of someone who is seeking to live for the kingdom of God and seeking a holy life in Jesus. Verses 10 and 11 say, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Can you imagine how odd or how strange that was for people to hear? Just picture everyone gathered on the side of the mountain, listening to Jesus teach. And he says, you are blessed when you're insulted and persecuted. As a matter of fact, you're blessed when they say every kind of evil against you. What would they have been thinking then? What are you thinking now? Jesus says that this persecution is coming because of him. You may suffer for being loving, holy truthful, good, humble and righteous. Isn't that weird? However, by suffering now, you will receive the kingdom of heaven. God will bless you and give you the means to cope and continue and then you will be rewarded greatly later. Blessings come from persecution. Persecuted believers are rewarded in the kingdom, not delivered from difficulty in this life. We often confuse blessing and reward. Divine rewards come later while we experience blessings on earth. Jesus is giving the Sermon on the Mountainside to tell them the way followers of God must live. Now, as followers of God, we must live this way also. We must understand that in order to find any of these blessings, in order to live this way, we must be in Jesus. We cannot live as God requires on our own. And as such, we cannot experience blessing on our own. We need Jesus. Jesus said, 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. We're now going to have a song. And from my understanding is it's a song that we haven't sung. We've sung a bit, but not very often. I think we might have sung it in March. It's called What a Beautiful Name It Is. If you don't know it, just listen to it. Um, If you can sing along with it, do. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus.
Let's pray. Lord, I started thinking at the beginning of this week about what we should pray about. And Lord, so much has happened this week. We have a world in need, a world in pain. Lord, this week we've seen violence terrible acts of terrorism where people's lives have been taken violently. Lord, unexplained things like happened in Quebec yesterday, again with loss of life. Lord, this conflict in our world. Lord, we lift these situations before you. We pray for peace. We pray for healing. We pray for reconciliation. Lord, there have been natural disasters this week. An earthquake in Turkey where we're still seeing them trying to find people buried under the rubble. Lord, a typhoon's hit the Philippines. There's flooding in our own country this weekend. Lord, we pray for these people in need, in need of comfort, in need of support, in need of peace. We pray, pray, Lord, for those who are seeking to give aid. And we pray, Lord, that you would support them and guide them to the right places. Lord, we think today of those who have nothing. Those who are prepared to risk their lives to get to a a country where they think they will have a better life. Lord, for the sad stories this week of refugees drowning in the channel, trying to come to our country. Lord, we think too of the homeless, the unemployed, those who are now so worried about income and how they'll cope. Lord, we pray for your peace, for your comfort. Again, Lord, we pray for those who are seeking to help. And we pray, Lord, you would show us our responsibilities too. Lord, we pray for this week for the election coming, the American election. We pray, Lord, that you would guide those who are voting that they would show wisdom and discretion. And Lord, that you will put the president in place in America that you want. And Lord, now we're faced with another lockdown because of COVID. 
We pray, Lord, for all those who are scared, who are anxious. Lord, those who are suffering with the virus or who, or who have loved ones suffering with the virus or even loved ones they've lost. And Lord, we thank you, especially now for our NHS, for all those, Lord, working so hard to beat this virus and to relieve its symptoms. We pray, Lord, for your strength and your comfort for all those working in NHS. And we pray as well, Lord, for those working and seeking to find a vaccine to alleviate the problem. We would pray, Lord, with the coming lockdown, that the rates of infection, the rates of hospitalisation, the rates of death, Lord, would start to fall. We pray, Lord, for your hand upon this world, who we're all struggling with the same thing. Lord, thank you for the opportunity for us to put the poppies up in locking stumps as we come round to remembering remembrance time. Lord, thank you that we can take the opportunity to remind people that as a church we are still here and we are working for your kingdom. We thank you, Lord, too, for the work that school have planned with the poppy garden near Mr Dillon's. And we pray, Lord, that you would use this as a special time for us all to remember you. Lord, we think of our schools, particularly Lockingstumps here and for Birchwood. Lord, as they face an even more difficult time with the lockdown coming. We pray and thank you, Lord, for the teachers. We pray that they might know your health, might know your support and that they might stay healthy. And Lord, we thank you for our families and friends. Thank you, Lord, for good news of new life on the way. Thank you for good news of of happy weddings. We pray especially, Lord, for those that we're going to be missing over the next few weeks. We pray, Lord, that your love would sustain all of us through the difficult weeks ahead. And I'm just going to finish with a couple of verses from Philippians. Lord, we claim your promise where you say, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Pam. We're now going to move into a, a time of communion. So if you've um, you've not got your bread and your wine, can you quickly get it? If you have got it, it's time to just make sure it's easily available. Okay. Communion began on the annual celebration of Passover when Jesus told his disciples to remember his sacrifice as they ate the bread and drank the wine.
Just as Israel celebrated the sacrifice of the Passover lamb when the angel of death passed over their homes, so believers in Jesus celebrate and remember his sacrifice for our sins when he died on the cross. Everyone who loves the Lord Jesus is welcome to take communion. In Corinthians it says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us pray. O Lord Jesus Christ, we confess that we have sinned against you in our thoughts, in our words, in our deeds. We are anxious about the future, even though we proclaim you as Lord. We have failed to love others all the time. When things go against us, Lord, we have reacted wrongly and we have disobeyed your commands. Have mercy on us, Lord. Forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness that we may walk in your ways and serve in your grace and love. This we ask in your holy name. Amen. And so, Father, we bring you these gifts. We ask you to make them holy by the power of your spirit, that they may become the body and the blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate this communion. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you can all take hold of the bread. Jesus said, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, if you take your glass of wine, cordial, water. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Father, we just want to thank you that we can celebrate 
your love for us this morning, that we can still meet in a church, that we can still sing your praises, that we can still listen to your words and that we can still bring our prayer request to you. Father, guide us throughout this coming week to be lights for you, to shine for you in our community, wherever we are. If we go to the office, let us shine for you there. If we have to stay at home, let us talk to our friends on the phone, on the computer, however we do it. But Lord, let us shine for you. Let us be people that bring God's love, your love, to our friends, to our community, to our world. In this time of crisis, Lord, we need you more than ever. Strengthen us, we pray, to fulfil your words and to do your will. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour, we ask it. Amen. We're going to finish with a song. And this is one of them songs where I really do wish I was in church and I could sing it and mean it and win my heart. Even if I've got a loud voice, you don't have to put earphones on, I'm sorry. It's uh, My Jesus, My Saviour, or Shout to the Lord. But it's a great song.
Right, well, thank you, um, Colin, for that service this morning, for leading it for us. Before we have the grace, remember that we will have breakout rooms later. And uh, if you want to join that, just press on the button when it comes up. Now, if you'd like to all unmute yourself, put yourself on the gallery view, and we'll say the grace together. <coughs> Ready? May the grace We were almost together then. <laughs> 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 <laughs>